Hello and welcome to episode 32 of season 3 of Three Amigos. I'm your host Don and I'm joined as always by my amigo Mars and my amiga Kylie. We're recording tonight folks, uh, Sunday night just after Man City's shock defeat at the hands of Southampton. Um, but uh, welcome back Kylie to the show, you missed last week's podcast on um, having a well-deserved night on the tiles. Um, but uh, welcome to the show. Uh, tell us how has game week 33 been treating you so far? Um, not great. I unfortunately captain Salah, despite being a Bruno and Martial owner and weighing up. I didn't really have any conviction about captaincy this week, and I was a little bit worried about points being divided. Um, for for United, uh, they were divided. Unfortunately, Bournemouth were just gifting points left, right, and centre. Right. So um, honestly, other than that, I, and I think that the tone is the same for most people outside of those United assets. Um, particularly if you didn't captain one, it was very poor. So I think I, you know, it's it's not on paper. It's not the worst score. I think I'm on like sort of 55 or something. But I took a hit and I brought in one Bissaka uh, and Maris. So. Pep trolled me, and um, yeah, the biscuits transfer didn't work out. I'm happy, you know, enough with that. I mean, I probably would go Greenwood now instead, you know, having seen that match. But I think long term it's fine. But it it was just one of those trolley game weeks, I think. Mm, it certainly was. Uh, I had three one pointers, three 59 minute um, club: mm. Origi, Mares, and Sterling. And um, and also I made a bit of a punt decision of going with um, Origi ahead of Saka in my starting lineup, and let's just say that one didn't pan out. I had a feeling he was Ooh. going to start, but um, it was sickening. Um, actually, I think it, uh, did it. Divock actually got the uh, the two minute. He's got the sixty minutes, I believe. But um, I don't know how that was because I was sure I saw him going off in the 59th minute but um yeah no Saka. he was walking he was walking at 59 and you know how fast he is right mm. so by, <laughs> by I, the time it got to 60 he managed to get you the, the second yeah, point. i have to say he definitely tested my love of my boy <laughs> um today the but, uh, air was concerning don i was really alarmed by that when i saw that's it i went oh my god that's D- that's jibril cisse standard stuff and uh, <laughs> that that didn't work out well but uh no the yeah. game we get 39 points i believe i'm going to be on so a diabolical game week you'll get um, three bonus points out of money yeah Probably. I'm not actually looking at the live score. I'm just looking at my FB, at my um, regular page. I think it was he between him and Alisson. Three. No, I think it. I think it updated. So Mane should get the three. Alisson two, and I think Van Dijk's getting one. Okay. Yeah. Well, not well, let's just say not the greatest of game weeks. But Marzi, um, let's let's kick it. Have you any one left actually for in the in the Spurs? Um, yeah. Spurs match. Everything you don't. Much? You don't even want to ask me about my score. I mean, it's ten more ten more than you at the moment. I was trying to move you on from that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's awful. I mean, like Kylie, I, I was, to be fair, I was between Rashford and Salad. I should, I, and, and then I'm kicking myself, like, just go with Bruno. It's the obvious one. He's in form. He's taking every bloody shot. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, if you, you had Bruno, Martial, and, and, and Greenwood, you probably are on 56 points if you captain one of them, right? The rest has been shocking, apart from Mane's 11 points. So I'm on 48, 49, I think, and I've got Son tomorrow to come. So, you know, if and you have Calvin, so. you have Calvin, yeah, exactly. No hits, so I had two free transfer. I'll, I'm going to see what happens tomorrow and then decide. But yeah, it's not <clears throat> not been not not the best of game weeks. But hey ho, whatever. Champions were back at home. They won again. City ninth defeat of the season. Uh, you know. Yeah, it was pretty shocking. Um, I hadn't expected that result at all with Man City, but um, we loved a little to bit. To be fair, leggy. Southampton defended so out. well. It was ridiculous, really, yeah, really incredible. well. Got to give, got to give it to them. The goal was really well taken as well. Typical Ad- Edison being way out of his line, but also Shea just... Adams getting his first goal of the season, and it was incredible. It was I brilliant. That Zinchenko was a disaster. Don, it, it was Salah-esque when he when he chipped uh, Edison when he was out of his line, but even further back, and he had to kind of like curl it in. It was really good, uh, yeah. but then they just defended so well, and Mac- I think McCarthy ended up with like eleven points because he was yeah. pulling saves as well. 
um, I saw De Bruyne lining up a free kick right at least oh, the 95th yeah. minute, and I was like, oh, for the love of God, please Don't not. do this. Not, not now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it does kind of help. In a weird way, it kind of helps after the pain of seeing them destroy us. Um, on Thursday night, it helps a little bit to see them kind of, you know, brought back to earth a little bit um, and us to get a win. I also think for most of the uh, FPL community, you know, uh, except maybe those Foden and KDB owners, um, would have been quite happy with City losing because a lot of us got shafted there. You know, um, you had both Mares and Sterling mm. come off um, just before 60 minutes. Um, and then, of course, Foden and uh, KDB, though I I wouldn't say either of those two were surprising benchings. I, I think a lot of us kind of saw them coming. But, um, but you know, no one really had any success there um, no. because of, of all of that. So it was like, well, do you know what? Teach Pep a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> meddling. It was another game week that started really well for people and then just kind of like tethered. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So hopefully it, it ends well. Well, anyway, Hopefully, for the Son and Everton owners. Yeah, well, um, we won't bother giving the listener update uh, for the for the league because, um, as usual, the game week hasn't ended yet and um, it's all over the shop. But um, I might have my community manager maybe put up a picture of the league table later on, um, later on after after the game week finishes up. But does um, he know how to do that? He, I'll send on the image to him and he can attach it. He's able, I'm to, able to take a picture and put it up, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and please, I uploaded the last pod all by myself. Yeah, all by himself. Lesson Don did send me. I kid you not, he sent me four photos step by step. But to be With the arrow, with the arrow pointing with towards With the arrows pointing thing. at it. Um, <laughs> and I was like, Don, yeah. I, I, I can't be bothered thinking of what to write. Just write it and I'll put it in. And okay. he did, to be fair. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I just. This is personal you. growth. So for listeners, this is a huge moment. You know, Marzi has it's... has he's just achieved a massive task here. We're very proud of yeah, him. Yeah. Now, um, <laughs> yeah. Now that's so that's uh, Marzi showing you know how much he's learning, and this is angry Marzi now with Mars's rant of the week. So Marzi, baby, take it away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I could sit here and rant about captain choices and people saying what you should do or captain hindsight. But no, I mean, I'm looking at Twitter and you would think Liverpool are about to get relegated. People are laughing because we lost to City. Hello, people. We are the champions. Yeah. Like, stay in your lanes. Let's have some respect. We've walked the league. And yeah, City won an unimportant game. Yeah. And now they lost. Boohoo. They lost nine games when we lost, what, four over two years? Like, you know, I, I, I even said, like, I'm, I'm not even going to hold it against the boys now. Let them just rest. They've been focusing for the last two or three seasons. Won everything, by the way, that they could win, uh, apart, apart from the uh, local cups. You know, everything um, huge, let's say. No disrespect to the FA Cup or the Caboero Cup. And, uh, and then, you, listen, I'm happy for the United fans. Focus on your team. You are irrelevant when it comes to the, to the Premiership right now. You're focusing on fourth and fifth or third. So focus on that. And your team is playing well. Don't come and tell me Trent come outside or Van Dijk come outside and try com- start comparing players. Please, come on. Just focus on your own club and hope that they get into the Champions League. And maybe next year you'll learn from your mistakes and actually make a fight of it. Uh, that's it, Mazat. <laughs> All right, Mersey. Uh, so, uh, let's, let, folks, we wanted to talk tonight. We wanted to basically talk about those young guns. Uh, Kylie, you mentioned earlier on. Phil Foden, um, not so much of a surprise benching, but um, what's what's we wanted to kind of talk on four particular youngsters that have kind of emerged. They're real bargains um, in terms of the pricing on FPL, but they've been way outperforming their um, their price tag. So first of all, would come to Phil Foden for you, um, Man City starlet, of course. And um, what's what's your kind of thinking on Foden for the remainder of the season? I want basically to kind of know, is he somebody that you'd regard as maybe a replacement for the likes of Sterling or even KDB? Or is he more of kind of an alternative to Mares or maybe just a, a third spot there in your um, in your midfield? Or can he actually replace the output of those big guns? Yeah. Uh, okay. This is an interesting question because obviously we have talked quite a bit um, since the restart about Phil Foden and he's absolutely outperformed what we would have expected um, at the start of the restart. 
which is a really weird way to phrase that. But anyway, um, you know, when we were all talking about how we might see an increase in his minutes and um, and he could be an interesting prospect. And obviously he came out of the gate and, and has done brilliantly um, before tonight. So obviously he was benched tonight. And I did allude to this at the top of the pod. Um, many of us thought that that would be the case because he played 90 minutes. Both him and De Bruyne played 90 minutes um, against Liverpool. And while Pep does Pep things, as exhibited tonight, um, you know, there's this prevailing sort of theory that we might be able to second guess Pep um, insofar as Foden, because he does seem to be alternating, you know, start one week, rest um, and come off the bench the next. That's not a flawless plan, but, you know, it, it largely could work. And at his price, which is still 5.3, you can play that kind of game. But I mean, before tonight, he, he blanked tonight after coming on um, not long after halftime. He had a sub-appearance against Arsenal and scored a goal. He then started versus Burnley and got two goals. That was obviously in the, the double game week. Um, he then missed Chelsea altogether, played 90 minutes with a goal and an assist against Liverpool. So before tonight, he had a 100% return rate since the restart for those games that he's been playing. Um, he's 5.3. And bear in mind, that's outscoring Kev, who has also been incredible, right? But Kevin's 10.8. I mean, we're talking four goals and two assists here versus Kevin's three goals and two assists. Um, you know, and obviously one of Kevin's was a free kick and another one was a penalty. So that's the thing to factor there. Um in terms of the stats, and I think because we're looking at City having so many good fixtures coming up, and it's it's really sort of one of those situations where I think a lot of people probably have one already. Presumably, it's KDP in, in most instances, um, and they might be looking at whether they can shift some money or whether they want to get an additional, an additional um, option. From my perspective, I think that you want to be looking at him as a complement to your existing city asset if you're happy with whoever that is. I think that so, you know, Kevin is so highly owned, it's very hard to get the gains from him unless you're captaining him, right? Um, but at the same time, it's an absolute rank killer if if he comes and delivers, like as Mars and I discovered last week, um, having just sold him. Um, it's a rank killer if you get rid of him, right? So I think it makes sense to have, you know, your KDB or Mares or whoever plus one. And I think Foden is an excellent plus one to have because if he does get benched, right, he seems to almost certainly be coming on and he has already proven that he has the ability to, to deliver off the bench um, in limited time. I mean, he, he, you know, Southampton were defending, but he was right in the thick of things when he came on tonight. So, you know, in a different situation, he could have had a return tonight as well. Um, I think he's probably going to start against Newcastle. It's a little murky. And now that, you know, Maras and Sterling haven't played as many minutes as we thought they would. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's decent. Um, I had a look at the stats just quickly. So this is looking at Foden, KDB and Mares, who are probably the main people that, that are under consideration, you know, and you might be looking at maybe having two of these. Um, so Foden's had, and bear in mind also that Mares and KDB haven't had an extra start. Um, this is overall since, since the restart. So it's not on averages. All right. So Foden's played less minutes in this time. Um, He's had eight goal attempts to KDB's 12 and Mara's six. Um, five of those were on target for both Foden and KDB and three on target for Mara's. He's had two big chances. That's three for KDB and two for Mara's. And his, his shot accuracy is 62.5%. Um, and his conversion is 50%. That's versus 41.7%. Um, accuracy and 25% conversion for KDB and 50% and 33% for Mares. Now, you're seeing Mares and KDB creating several big chances, each of them. Uh, Foden hasn't done that. But then, I mean, Foden is literally half the price, certainly of KDB anyway. So I think that there's always going to be a risk with um, with Pep and he's exhibited it tonight. We know that. But outside of playing an absolutely smashing Southampton defence, 
the reality is we know what they can do. We know they have high points potential and you have a short period to the end of the season to really try and maximize the points that you can get. So it makes sense to pursue those teams that have a high ceiling for the goals that they can score in their fixtures. And outside of United, it, it's City that, that I believe have that. So I think it's a pretty darn low risk scenario to be getting Foden into your team alongside KDB or, you know, he's probably more, I'd say, for most people, an old, maybe an alternative to Myers, um, just because we know that the majority of people already have KDB in there. What I would say is I'm, I wouldn't be, ha- having already gone and sold KDB and experienced that pain, I wouldn't be going and selling KDB to bring in Foden. Um, I think they're both going to start next week. And so I think you you can afford to be playing him, especially because there's not that many strikers that are amazing. So, you know, a lot of people are probably playing a 3-5-2 or maybe a 4-4-2 mm, at the exactly, moment. Yeah. Um, he fits in really, really nicely. He does. Yeah, and their fixtures are just ridiculous coming up. So to be good. He's, uh, he's one of those that benefited with the indoor or no fans football. There's no pressure. He can, even if he makes a mistake, he's, and he's not, he's getting the opportunity, maybe the, 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 the rumor is, or the belief is that they want to play him in the silver role. So when silver retires, he can pick it up. What I really like about him is, is, is similar to, to, to the guy I'm going to talk about next is short on target policy. Yeah. You know? He he sees a short on sight. He sees he sees it. He just and he the shoots. confidence as well. Exactly, and, and he's a, you know, um, it's interesting when you talk about accuracy because he he shoots as, as you know, a lot of the time. Uh, as soon as he sees an opportunity, he will take a shot. But maybe he doesn't take as much. I wonder if KDB's accu- accuracy is lower because KDB tries so much and gets blocked or shot or misses or etc. I, I want I, I don't know. Again, well, I think um, on that. I mean, I think that part of it that's tricky is we have we have a small sample size, right? So I'm only looking at post restart and oh, yeah, of course, um, you know. In those numbers, those are total numbers. So those eight attempts versus KDB's 12 attempts, for instance, KDB did play an additional match. Um, <coughs> so we, we had Foden not feature at all for the Chelsea match. Um, so, you know, that could be a, a contributing factor. Um, but, I mean, the, they have the same number of shots on target out of those. So is it um, is it a, a clinical thing or is it just the opportunities that fell to Foden? I think, Foden, to I think Foden, though, one thing about him, I, he kind of reminds me a lot of uh, the kind of Frank Lampard way of playing in terms of he's always, he seems to be one that gets right into the box a lot um, and yep. kind of on the end of, of crosses, KDB probably. Little bit kind of further back still, obviously. Um, but well, that's right. Yeah. Actually, six of the so half of those shots from KDB um, were in the box. Mm. So there were obviously several. Half of them were were not in the box. So that could yeah. be a contributing yeah. factor as well. Um, as we mentioned there, the pieces. Yeah, as we mentioned there, the um, the other player, Marzi, that you're going to come to next um, is Mason Greenwood. Um, I yeah. I watched the um, watched the United match the last day, and as as a non Fernandez or Greenwood owner, it was painful. Um, and I told you guys in WhatsApp, I literally went and made a reflex, um, took a hit to swap out Pogba and Rashford for Greenwood and uh, Fernandez because both of them, I'm sick and tired of not owning them because um, they're so explosive. <laughs> and to be honest with you, Greenwood, I'll give you a few stats, Mersey, because um, I know you're not the keenest on stats. But, um, I'll, I have I'll, some I'll, stats. Don't, oh, don't, do, don't, do don't, don't, don't <laughs> yes. wait on one grade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, well, this, we'll see now if you'll get the same ones as me, Mers, Okay, 26 appearances, 19 from the bench. How'd you do that one? This is like bingo. Well, you can you can hit the XG. I don't have XG, so um, yeah, four and a half uh, mil, seventeen point two percent ownership, which is obviously high. Um, but um, that's that's to be expected. Is a it lot. that high? Yeah, but I think a lot wow. of those managers, to be honest, which uh, yeah. there probably is a lot of those that are older ones that had them from the beginning that are um in dead teams. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, also, you have United. Enough, yeah. Also, you have United fan base, probably the most loyal fan base, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, with FBL, we know as soon as oh, Bruno Fernandez came, he comes in and 
his yeah. price starts rocketing because and, they just pick him up. And with uh, Greenwood, of course, at the start of the season with Lukaku gone, a lot of people did kind of. Um, Solskjaer did say he had a big, he had big hopes um, for mm. for Greenwood. But um, Marzi, He's how about? Been on my bench for ages, so yeah. I think there were many that would be like that. Yeah, defo. But um, Marzi, tell me, give us give us some more information on Greenwood and um, yeah, give us, I, I mean, guess, look, your recommendation on him. Yeah, let me start. Look, if you go back about I don't know five six years. You saw this kid Rashford coming up, and he was getting some chances here and there. And suddenly he he burst onto the scene. And if it wasn't for Mourinho, he probably would have burst on uh, earlier. This is what I think Greenwood is is because I mean I I've, I've always said I love the guy because when he comes on, he has this striker instinct. He's still playing out on the wing, but what I love about him is what I said uh, about um, earlier on uh, with Foden: shoot on sight. He does not care. He has that confidence to just shoot. And my God, he has. A peg on him. He, he, you know, the, the Bournemouth keeper got to both his, his shots, but he just couldn't keep them out. And he's very, very accurate. Uh, he's playing like a, like you want young players to play. Um, I mean, look, just look. Um, there, there was a lot of talk, and I even consider it just like you did swapping Rashford to uh, uh, to Greenwood because he's half the price. He allows you to bring back a KDB, bring back or, or upgrade Bruno, or move from Saar to somebody else. So absolutely understandable. Rashford, since the start, have had two assists and one penalty. Um, I still have him. I'm not sure I'm going to move him on yet just because um, I need, uh, uh, I'm going to make different moves. But I'm definitely eyeing the Rashford to Greenwood and maybe uh, then get rid of De Gea and bring another United uh, uh, um, uh, attacker just because of the way they're playing. But if you look, mm. if you look at um, Greenwood, so since the start, he's had... Um, so we we said Rashford had two assists and, and one penalty. He's had um, one goal, uh, three goals and one assist uh, in four in four games. I mean that's not bad. And the guy has been playing. He started you know 28 minutes, then 79, then 90, 74. He's been trusted by by uh, uh, Ole, and he's taken the that that spot that they always have different players, Pereira, James, etc. Somebody on the right, James, you know. Um, so he's been he's taken that right spot and making it his his own. And he's re- linking really well with, with Bissaka as well sometimes. Uh, and I just, yeah, for me, look, at that price, if you do not have him and you need a third player for United, it's a no-brainer uh, at his price. He's 4.5 now, so he's gone up from 4.3 to 4.5 very quickly. And if you look at their fixtures, I mean, uh, it's... Um, Villa, Southampton, <laughs> Palace... West Ham and yeah, then West Leicester. Ham and Leicester. I mean, it's mm. it's a good run of fixtures. He seems to be playing. Like I said, he's playing. He he comes off earlier than than the others, but I expect him to continue playing. He's 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 still doing well. And let me uh, shock you with some um, X, XG stats. Uh, obviously, I didn't I didn't look for them. I found them on on Twitter. Um, uh, it's uh, Adam Hopcroft. So um, eight goals. XG two point seven one. XG per ninety point two seven. XG per shot. 0.09 goals with xg below 0.157 i don't even know what that means but he's a lethal basically he's a lethal finisher right <laughs> now for the people for the people like me who don't understand xg it's very simple the outcome is three goals and one assist for xg lovers that's three goals from 0.28 i'm literally reading adam's tweets, it's not yeah? it's not very hard though to understand that really. i was joking don't <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't. To be honest, I don't even care about XG. Yeah. You know, the guy's on in form. I understand. I understand that some some players are overperforming, but he could be the next Vardy, who just is a stats mm. buster. You know, I all I care about is my player playing. Yes, is he shooting on target? Yes, is he playing for an attacking team? Yes. What's his value? Four point five. Why mm. am I thinking about it? Yeah, exactly. The only reason I'm thinking about <laughs> it is because I have three United players, so I need to decide who to move. I'm not. I'm going to give Rashford another chance because he just scored. So what else can I... You know, it was one of those annoying games where, for you know, Bournemouth just couldn't defend and United got five goals. And unfortunately, the players that you earned did not actually deliver the, as much as the others. But it could have easily been Rashford. His goal was not. Actually, the first goal uh, was offside. Rashford's goal was really, really close. So it could have been completely different. So I'm keeping Rashford for now, but I'm definitely eyeing Greenwood. Absolutely. Yeah, not not even to um as much as it did definitely feel like a reflex for me. I think the move, as much as as I said, I do fancy Greenwood and at his price. 
But um, the main refle- or the main reason behind my move was to get in Fernandez Rudolph. because yeah, I, I just sometimes you just have to admit a mistake, and I made a mistake yeah. on limited transfers. Thought it'd be clever, go with Pogba when everyone else was going Fernandez, and let's just say it has blown up in yeah. my face. And, so, and the reason I was thinking it. about it is to bring KDB back, which is the similar mistake. You know, has it worked? It's, it's been all right. If Son delivers tomorrow, then it probably be the same. So, but. I, I just can't watch more City games with their yeah. fixtures yeah. and KDB doing that. I can't. I, I'm just and I enjoy him as a player, so I will just bring him back. Like yeah. you said, you fix a mistake quickly. Yep. Um, and let's move on to a mistake that I made this game week. As Mar's nice segue there, um, leaving Saka as my sub one. But um, Kylie, you're going to look at Saka first. Um, Arsenal new contract in the in the week, and he rewarded it with his first senior goal for the club. So um, what's your thoughts on Saka? Again, same premise. Um, I guess it's to, with, with Arsenal, there isn't as many as many midfield options that anyone might be replacing Saka with or um, you're looking for Saka to replace. But I guess a lot of people do have a Aubameyang. Um, they might be getting a little bit frustrated there. But where do you rank, rank Saka on the replacements list? Um, Saka... He's such a great little player, actually. Um, and I feel like if circumstances were different, I would be all over him. Um, I guess first and foremost, there's been so much good news around him. And he's kind of low-key played most of um, Arsenal's matches. But, you know, that previous to the um, to lockdown and, and football pausing, there was less of a sense of certainty around um, his position in, in that Arsenal team and, um, you know, security of minutes. Whereas after the restart, he has played in four of Arsenal's five matches. Um, he played 90 in a couple of them, 86 in another, 75 against Wolves. Unfortunately, the one that he missed out on altogether was the match against Norwich so you would have fancied since they put four goals past Norwich there that uh, he probably would have had something to do with it because he has had the goal and assist um, since coming back and he's 4.7 this is this is crazy and we know he's going to be more expensive next season um, I mean I definitely I think we, we do have a couple of Arsenal cheapies here and I know Mars is going to be talking about one of them in a minute um, for my money I do think he's the more nailed of a sort uh, for minutes of the two of them. And um, the caveat being that, you know, with fixtures being as congested as they are for all teams, we are seeing some degree of rotation in that people need a rest. Uh, you know, I do think that he is going to play the majority of games to the end of the season. So that's a big plus at his price. Um, the, the, the problem, I guess, is that despite the minutes he's getting, despite the good news, um, everything that's been said by Arteta, his really good performances um, and, you know, the results that he's yielded and the fact that he's, I think, becoming a very key player for, for Arsenal. I have a major issue with him and it's got nothing to do with him. I think in isolation, he is an excellent option, certainly at that price. Um it will be heartbreaking for many because he is probably on the bench for most people, like yourself, Don. I think there were a lot of people who had Saka uh, sitting there and they were hoping that maybe their um, their asset from um, Manchester City wouldn't come on. A lot of those people maybe had, um, you know, a, a vice captaincy on United in the wings and all sorts of things as well. Um, but my main issue with him is that he's a worthy option for sure. But the reality is for me at the moment, when I look at the teams, I'm finding that I would rather scrap all my strikers and have an extra few midfielders because there are so many good midfield options at the moment. And it's just limiting yourself to five feels absolutely impossible when we're looking at double ups from United, um, you know, in midfield um, with Martial and Bruno, for instance. We've then got City with those fixtures. Do we have KDB and Foden and Mares and what about Sterling? You've got Pulisic versus Willian happening on the Chelsea side of things as well. We've got these exciting other options like um, uh, St. Maximin and, you know, all of these sorts of players. There's stuff happening with West Ham. There are so many really viable options and differentials in midfield at the moment who are, and some of those ones I mentioned 
aren't that much more expensive than sake is. You know, there's there's a, maybe 0.5 in it. Um, and since in most cases, as we said, your your strikers are a bit poo-poo, you know, you probably want to play all your five midfielders every week anyway. So does he fit in the team for me when I look at all of the options there that I would want to be playing and I can't fit them all in anyway? No, probably not. But I think depending on the nature of your team, if you only have that, you know, 4.7 option um, and you're really happy elsewhere, then he, he is a great shout. I just think he's probably not one I would transfer in. Also, they do have a couple of tougher fixtures coming up. They they do end the season on two great fixtures, though. So, you know, um, it might be one for them for towards the end of the season. Um, but, yeah, I... I think if you have him, you certainly wouldn't get rid of him unless you're looking deliberately to upgrade to to someone else. But um, he's a hard one for me to pick to put in now. No, good stuff. No, it's 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 fair and um and there is. I mean, people do have a lot of budget at the moment with mm. with the forwards not doing a lot. Um, I think if the emergence of someone like Kane or something, if Kane started banging in the goals. Or if Aguero was still fit, it would um it would throw a few more curveballs at us. But um yeah no it I have Saka at the moment and I have been playing him most of the time. This week was the first one I took him out mistakenly for uh for Divock having just this it was one of these um spurred moment decisions that uh, it was that, a paternal thing. It no, was a paternal, paternal thing. It was paternal instinct, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, uh, no, no, good points. Um, Marzi, come to you on Enketia, um, Saka's Arsenal teammate teammate um i have to say i hadn't seen a whole lot of them before this weekend but um i watched them and i really really did like him now he just came off and lacazette scored the goal so maybe it could have been um it could have been even better for his owners but again another real bargain basement youngster um but what's your thinking on enketia um and i guess where would you kind of rank him alongside um greenwood who's similar price both attacking teams both you know, that probably you're going to get decent minutes um, towards the end of the season. Let me summarise the last thing that you said very simply. I would start Greenwood. I would not be comfortable starting in, in Ketia all the time. Yeah. With that, a shadow of that right now, Greenwood, I will happily play in a 3-5-2 or 3-4-3. In Ketia, I have him in my team and he'll probably be first sub most of the time unless I have a, a defender or midfielder that I don't fancy and I'll chuck him in if they're playing uh, a home game. This, this is it's not it's not against Inketia, but I just think United are playing better. Mm, and fixtures. And fixtures, mm. right? And also, Arteta seems to alternate him. He he likes him. It's it's very clear. He brought him back from Leeds on loan, and brought him back to play him. Uh, and since the restart, he's had he's played two games from the start, um, and came on sub twice. He's got one goal. Actually, I, I think he is um, he prefers him to Lacazette and he plays him um, more sometimes than, and, and Lacazette will just come on sometimes. I think he's I think he's made a decision that Lacazette isn't one for the long term no, for him at the club he's and not, he wants he's to. He's not fit he enough. To... He's not fit enough. Mm. He can't play in this short period. So in this short period, Inketia is a great option. You know, if, if Lacazette starts, Inketia is going to start the next game. And 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 this this seems to be happening a lot. They don't play together. He will have Aubameyang on one wing, Pepe on the other, and either Nketiah or Lacazette in the middle. If if Lacazette and Nketiah start together, then it's probably Pepe who's been rested. Aubameyang seems to play in, more, in, in all the games. But I like him I, and um, a, a, as a player. I also like um, Arsenal's... Um, I, I like that Arteta trusts him so he, at his value. He's not bad as a first sub. I, I will say that again. I would not start him. And you look at their next fixtures. They've got Leicester, Tottenham, and Liverpool. All right, quite tough. Derby, anything can happen. We don't know in, in, in the, without fans. Then the last two, Villa and, and Watford. It depends where Arsenal are. And I think a lot of the managers will see that with the, where the teams are if they play their kids. If it doesn't matter anymore, I would rather the manager plays the kids if I was a fan. Honestly, I would rather see kids play. I said it today about Liverpool. I would rather see kids play because they'll be hungry trying to prove a point. Than an Origi, sorry, Don, no disrespect, or I don't know, uh, Ox, n- not really being asked that much. And for Arsenal, it'd be similar. Now they still they still have a chance of finishing fourth. Anybody, m- most of these teams uh, still fighting for it can. Now 
it's whether they still have a chance by then, and does he is he fit, does he fit in his best team? And I think uh, I really depend. I think it depends on the formation of the team. And Arteta is very very tactically aware. So and that's something we I haven't looked into, and I don't think we can read too much into. He would pick a team of, uh, via, uh, that that he thinks would be the team that they play in. So I do think I do think Inketia would get some starts, and I would love if he plays the last two games because I can see myself starting him in those two games. Yeah, but you. I think the ma- that's the Agreed, main yeah. between, him and, between him and Greenwood. Greenwood mm. is a starter, and Ketia is a first sub. Yeah, fair enough. I um I agree on that. Um, in Ketia, hindsight again, another captain hindsight in Ketia. Um, you know, I have kept Divock there for quite a while, and that extra point six is irritating me almost as much as playing him over Saka this game week. But anyway. We live and learn. Um, folks, I want to talk... Another thing we wanted to kind of cover off on today's podcast, as well as those um, differential youngsters, is we want to kind of look at different kind of strategies, I guess, different players to target for um, for this kind of run-in, because it is this is a very much just a sprint um, to finish this season. Very few game weeks come in quick and fast, and I guess moving quickly for these players is... Um, is all, we don't have the, the longevity of setting up our team in game week one and having them for the long haul. So we do want to get in players that are going to either allow us to get in those expensive assets... Or we want to basically make sure we're getting the right ones, as in Fernandez versus Pogba, slapped up, slapped on on the head once more. Um, we got a couple of questions in, which kind of motivated this section. Was one was from FBL Ukraine, uh, Lebunga Nib, El Ungan FBL. Um, he was <laughs> asking here. Yeah, I knew I'd trip over that one. Um, he was talking about is it time to burn those ancient bridges as Trent, uh, Salah, VVD, all those expensive defenders, etc. Um, is a time to play differential stepping stones to break through from teams against Bournemouth and Norwich, for example. So we did cover off the differential stepping stones, these young players that are coming through. Um, but, um, and, but one thing I would actually say before we move on to the remainder of that question, I think sometimes it, you know, the moving away from expensive defenders, it can feel a little bit at the beginning of this restart. It was all about maximizing money in defense and everyone was going, no, no, definitely get loads of money in there. We have, like, if we have a game week and a half whereby there's plenty of goals going in, it's like, scrap that, let's move on to we need to get all the money in attack. Um, sometimes you need to be a little bit knee-jerk, and sometimes you need to be a little bit less knee-jerk. I wouldn't go saying that you would get rid of your premium defensive assets and just change over to attack. But uh, but personally, what's the... Uh, Marzi, I want to come to you first. We want to kind of target, I guess, always the weaker oppositions. Bournemouth and Norwich yeah. have definitely shown to be that. Bikesh uh, mm. Shretha was also talking about actually the best triple captain options. And I have a feeling you're going to recommend targeting those teams in terms of uh, your triple captain strategy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, um, <clears throat> I think... Uh, a different strategy or one strategy definitely I know I saw Tom from who got the assist talking about targeting Bournemouth and I completely understand why uh, it's, uh, Bournemouth and Norwich defensively have just gone all I mean the amount of mistakes Norwich have done if you think about Aubameyang's two goals last week last game week they were just gifts absolute gifts it's just I think they, they their heads are not there or they too many injuries and it's I was really surprised by Norwich because I thought they they had a chance with their fixtures, at least the first two. And you think if you get those six points, then you push. And Bournemouth are just, I, I don't know what's going on there. They just can't seem to they score just collapse. until they play my, defense, my keeper. And they can't defend. They have collapsed, absolutely. Um, I think it would be them two. I mean, I'm not saying anything rocket, rocket science here. Them two plus one of Watford or, or um, who's that? Uh, Villa. That, that would go down. So for me, um, those two teams are the teams that I would target. Uh, to bring players against. So if you look at Bournemouth fixtures, they're playing Tottenham next. So people who've got Son or Kane, um, it, it's an opportunity. Then Leicester, then Manchester City, then Southampton. So that's Ings. Then Everton in the last game of the season. I mean, God knows what will happen in that last game. People keeping free hits. You've got Calvert Lewin, Richarlison. Absolutely, I would target. I, I will target um, defenders against at least Norwich because they seem to not score at all. And attackers against both of these. So this this is this is Bournemouth list. So talking about triple captain, I would say you look at those fixtures and you say, okay, Man City, KDB, uh, Sterling, 
even Leicester Vardy, he now he's got the two, the two goals past the hundred. Could he be? Could he be the one? Could you even put it on Ings? Um, because he he's also on, on on a good run. So you've got op- options as uh, with a triple captain. Um, absolutely. Um, as for Norwich, um, their fixtures are. Uh, You've got Watford, West Ham, Chelsea, Burnley, and Man City. I mean, game week 38, Man City. Oh my God, that is an <laughs> that that could be a brilliant triple captainship, especially if we get the the early team news. So I would say, for me, targeting those two teams kind of makes sense right now. Carly, what do you think? Oh yeah, I, I'm in complete agreement. I mean, I, I think you look at the two of them, and it, you articulated that perfectly there in terms of Norwich being one to also target from a uh, defensive perspective because that seems to be I mean not that Bournemouth have been scoring loads of goals or anything um, but you know they have managed to sneak uh, sneak in there and kill a couple of clean clean sheets Um, but Norwich just seem to have no ideas at all in terms of how to score a goal at the moment so target them defensively target both from an attacking perspective I think you want to really be if if you have a a genuine attacking option uh, playing one of those in in the given game week, then you should really be considering captaining that person, whoever they may be, Um, because they're they're letting in, you know, four or five goals a game. That's what's happening. They're the whipping boys. Um, Before lockdown, we had Villa, um, you know, as as kind of whipping boy status, and and they're really not anymore. Um, We've seen that they've become defensively better since lockdown, and they have not been conceding as many goals, um, and they've been a bit more resolute so can I say? Can I just say? When I said Villa could be could have improved defensively after lockdown, if you remember, you guys laughed at me. You said, "How could they have improved?" <laughs> we were laughing about it. But I know, actually, but it's <laughs> it is absolutely true. I mean, we we've seen it today. It's so true. I mean, because we had such a strong view that Villa were whipping boys, and they had they were. been throughout yeah. the season, like comically so. Um, but that really really has changed. Um, no, they're not getting the results yet, but they are really the only team that's kind of down in the, in that bottom crew. I know we've seen results from, from West Ham and, and Brighton um, recently, so I'm not really including that in, in kind of what I'm talking about here. But, you know, of the Bournemouth and the um, Norwich and all of them, they at least have shown some attempt to to try and get themselves out of there. Um, whether results will come, as Mar said, you know, I would agree that it's probably between them and Watford as to who will go down. Um, but there's there's question marks there. There are no question marks about Bournemouth and Norwich. They're absolute whipping boys at the moment. They just look out of ideas, um, completely dejected, just like, you know, put us down and get it over and done with. That's That's what we're at here. So I think that any of your options that you can target with them, that's it because we we really are, there are just a handful of games left until this season is over. So really, you just want to be targeting each opportunity that has the highest ceiling for points for you, you know, for your, for your transfers and for your captaincies. So I'd be looking at it. It's a short game. You know, you don't need to be hold, worrying about holding on to these players. Mm. Many people have a free hit, right? So then you're looking at even shorter window for, for how long these transfers will last. So you can absolutely play it week by week. I think it's a plausible strategy if you have a strong spine in your team to um, just chase the captaincy. And in in terms of yeah, I, I think I think it definitely is if you've got that if you have the flexibility or your your team is otherwise solid. Um, the in terms of you know as you mentioned there the teams to target you know these definite whipping boys, but is there any kind of differential players or teams that maybe you know outside of the flavoursome top eight kind of teams? Um, you mentioned there a minute ago West Ham. Are they a team like that you would favour maybe in terms of attack? Um, maybe getting a couple of differential players in from these less fashionable teams for the run-in? Yeah, so I think we've we've obviously seen over the last couple of game weeks, West Ham is an interesting one because they were very much down there, um, you know, at the bottom and fighting tooth and nail and sort of initially not getting the results that they needed. But then they got that result against Chelsea. Um, you know, so that that's a, a pretty good... Um, situation that they're they're in now you know it's basically four points um over over the last two games which is really a huge help for them um and i think it's a confidence booster so 
while, you know, they're maybe not as trendy as some of the other more exciting options, they certainly do have a few form form players there. I mean, one that immediately stands out, obviously, is Antonio, because in the last two games, he's got two goals and an assist. Um, he's only had four goals and four assists across the season. So he's um, now he, you know, he had a huge, huge chunk um, where he wasn't playing, to be fair. Um, but, you know, they largely have really good fixtures. So they've got Burnley at home next. Then they've got Norwich, the famous Norwich, right? Um, then they've got Watford. Then in game week 37, they play United and they finish with Villa. Um, the other one from West Ham that is potentially interesting is um, the the new guy, uh, Bowen. So Bowen is 6.4, sorry, and Antonio is 6.9. So they're not like super, super cheap. But as you sort of said, many of us do have some money floating around because we're looking at the likes of Foden and we have Anketias and we have some of these enablers in our team. So it gives us the option. But um Bowen, um, he has three assists in the last two games. So he's another one that's, that's you know, their, their attack is starting to gel. They were having problems because Hollow was out and they, you know, weren't getting weren't getting the goals there, but it, it seems to be working for them the last couple of weeks. Um, then there's some of the other teams that you would think that they wouldn't necessarily have obvious motivation. Southampton is a perfect example. So many of us soldings on those unlimited transfers um, because he did go on a dry run before lockdown um, and Southampton was safe and you were looking at it and saying, you know, like it's just really hard to justify holding on to him. Um, you know, he's out of form. They're not going to have any motivation. They're on the beach, but they haven't been on the beach you know, um, they, they've they had really good results um, from an attacking perspective and, and defensively. Now, they don't have the best fixtures, right? But, I mean, they just got a result against City. So, sometimes it's it's hard to pinpoint um, fixtures, you know, in, in these sorts of instances. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is, obviously, Newcastle. Um, he is quite a trendy trendy one, is St. Maximin. Um, I think there's some suggestions he, he might get a bit of a rest, um, soon, maybe in the next game, but he's an excellent player as well. So there are options for some differentials outside of the immediately obvious ones. Whether hmm. you can fit them all in is the question. As you mentioned there with the defence or the midfields being kind of a bit of a crowded, there's so many yeah. different options at the moment. But um, yeah, no, and one thing you do mention, I know Marzi, you're a fan of St. Maximum as well, but it's, I know that Bruce has mentioned he thinks that he'll have to give him a rest. Um, but you know, I, I think he tweeted, or it was in um, the FF Scout. I know I saw tweeting some news about that he will need a rest. But then, you know, if it's just one game week, he's definitely looked good enough, maybe to um, to offer a little bit of value there as well. Right, and also his his next match is City. So I mean, you probably postpone buying him if you don't own him already um, until after after that that match um, when he's got Watford. Then you know, so um, that that is something to factor in. Nice one, Kay. Um, let's move on, folks, to our game week picks and our transfer plans. So um, as I mentioned earlier on, I've already done my transfer for a hit, did a bit of a double Man United switcheroo, patent, trademark, Kylie. Um, but uh, they've but basically we brought in Greenwood and, um, and Fernandez for Pogba and Rashford, mainly to fund that Pogba move, that extra little 0.3 made all the difference. Um, but uh, Kylie, to come to you on your transfer plans. What can you tell us without giving away the game way too much to your mini league mates? Um, oh well, that's okay at this point anyway. Um, look, originally I had been thinking um, before we kind of got to this point in the game week that I would be doing Foden in for Saar. Uh, in theory, I think that's still a really good idea, but I forgot that Saar is playing Norwich next. And so given that I've held him to this point, can I really justify selling him and going against what we've just talked about as being the um, optimal strategy? So um, I don't know about that, but I'm looking at Salah and I'm thinking, mm, you know, you're expensive. Um, do I really want to hold on to you? That's not to say I think Salah will not be scoring goals, but I think there's a lot of places where goals can be happening um, and points can be had in a team. And do I need to be getting them from a Salah or a Mane? Um, is their ceiling as high as maybe some of the other options, including City? Let's not forget I got rid of KDB, much to my own 
absolute um, soul destruction. <laughs> so, um, you know, that is something that I'm I'm very much open to um, and considering. But I think we have a short turnaround here on on time. Um, I'll see out the the rest of the game week and make a decision. But it's probably going to be to get someone else from City in to make the most of those fixtures. Good stuff. And uh, how about yourself, Mersey? What's your plans? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure yet. I'm going to wait until tomorrow, no matter what, because um, I'm not really fussed about price changes. Um, I did my last moves early because I was just uh, just able to afford it. So I think I, it, I'm going to bring KDB back. So it depends who I do. Uh, the, the easy option is going Salah to KDB, which is the most likely option, just because I just want to enjoy the guys and not be annoyed that they're not delivering. Uh, you know, end of the season, but I might bring either Salah or Mane back after Son plays Bournemouth if Tottenham continue to be rubbish, for example, because I'll have the money because I'm going for cheapies or, you know, Salah to KDB gives me more money. If I bring Fordin in or Greenwood, I'll have loads of money. So <clears throat> it's, it's not an issue for me. I also want to bring Martial in at some stage or whatever if he continues to play. So I just want to go, I, I think uh, Kylie mentioned the ceiling bit and just the, the teams that have a lot to play for and they seem to be going for it. So, why not? Uh, Captain-wise, it will be probably KDB against Newcastle. Yeah. I just read a stat. There's, there's two things, something that I, I wanted to share because it was hilarious. So, the last time um, City lost, they beat Norwich 8-0. But this is more I- interesting stat. Following their defeat to Southampton, Man City are now closer to the bottom half of the table, 22 points, than they are <laughs> to the top of the table, 23 points. Oh, Remember yeah. that lane, people. Remember the lane. Stay in the lane. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Kylie how about yourself captain wise yeah uh, it would probably be the same um, KDB if if that's the direction that I go in I think again you've got um, United have a decent fixture they do um, against against Villa Villa. but but then Villa looked so good against us for a long time but yeah they're uh, that's what I was going to say that was my you know that was the mistake that I made uh, this week in in not captaining my United assets and captaining Salah instead. Um, So it it probably would be. um, Not that Newcastle have been conceding loads of goals, but I I can't see um, City staying quiet two weeks in a row. So I think it makes sense um, to be going there. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I actually had on my, um, you know, basically when I set my captain, before this, um, just after the deadline passed and when the teams refreshed, and I put it on Sterling, but um, seeing him coming off in 59 minutes with City, now I'll have to rewatch the match and just see how Sterling looked in general. But I was thinking, you know, against Newcastle, home against Newcastle. Um, I thought it was harsh that he was taken off. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think it was, was really having odd. a disaster. Yeah. I think Pep just yeah. had a, a meltdown, and unfortunately for Myers and Sterling, they were hooked off. I don't think that they particularly. It's never mind, Mar- yeah. never mind. Yeah. Com- unfortunately for them, unfortunately for them, unfortunately for me, never mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were on. To- they were on. They were actually on top of playing really well. I don't know. Look, I know it doesn't make sense, but I just wonder if he just took them off because he wants to keep players fresh and he believed KDB and Fordham will come and do a difference. I honestly expect Sterling, KDB and Morris to start the next game. Uh, it will be Silvers, the Silvers that will probably make way for, for KDB and um, maybe Fordham. I don't know. Yeah, I'd agree. Good stuff. And uh, folks, that's all we got time for in tonight's podcast. Um, we have been Mars. You can find at Mars05. Kylie, you can find at KylieFBL. Myself, you can find at The Marple Curse. And of course, make sure you're following our group account at 3AmigosFPL. Thanks very much for listening and best of luck in the coming game week. Adios, amigos. One for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we.